Good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us as we're uh, in the second week of a series called Expect the Unexpected. And I'm really believing God for some incredible things this year. How many of you guys want to see some awesome things in your life this year? I mean, like you're tired of just like the ordinary, the normal, like just another year. I believe that God is up to something big. He wants to do something great, that he is about doing something that's going to transform your lives this year. And I know most of us go into the year, we have lots of dreams, we have lots of aspirations. And I believe that God wants to help us see those things through. And, and we started out last week talking about the fact that if Jesus was still here on earth, I think that Jesus would still be doing some miraculous things. Don't you all agree? I mean, if Jesus was here, everywhere you look throughout the Bible, everywhere Jesus went, miracles took place. People's lives were transformed. Deaf people could hear. Blind people could see. Dead people were made alive. Uh, people that were possessed were set free. I believe that the things that Jesus was did on earth in his day and age, God still wants to do in our lives. And a lot of times, the reason that that's not a happening is, is because we're not expecting God to do those things. And I think that this is a year that we need to expect God to do some incredible things. And partly the reason we need to expect that is because that's what Jesus said would happen in our lives. In fact, we, we've been using this kind of as, as a basis for this series, and it comes out of John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus actually said, he said, I tell you the truth. Basically, Jesus is a lot like us in that he would have conversations with people, and anytime you want to have like a really, really, like you want to make a point, like you'll say like truthfully or honestly, because you're trying to like get people to emphasize like, listen, what I'm not, what I'm saying right here isn't a lie, you know, because 90% of the time you're lying anyways. And so like Jesus, like he didn't lie, but he was trying to get them to grab hold of the point. He said, honestly, he says, truthfully, I tell you the truth, anyone, and I love that word right there, anyone, because what it does is it qualifies who he's talking to. And, and I like to be qualified for things. I like to know who's talking to me or what my response is. And basically Jesus is saying, if you're a somebody, is everybody a somebody in here? You're a somebody. Uh, like most of us qualify at that level. I'm somebody, you know. And, uh, and like you, you might feel like a nobody, but you got a body, okay? So you're somebody. And so he's saying, he's saying basically, if you're somebody, you qualify as an anyone. And so he's qualifying you in the fact that he's talking to you here today. And he's saying, anyone who has faith in me, We'll do what I've been doing. He says, like, listen, if you believe in me, if you trust me, if you follow after me, he said, you're going to be doing the same things that I'm doing. Like, that's a pretty powerful thing. So the fact that Jesus did all that stuff means that, like, in essence, he wanted us to live that same kind of life, a life where we're free, a life where we're walking in health, where a life where we're walking, where we're not blind in life, but we can see things, a life where we're not deaf to what's going on, but we, we hear the cries that are happening. He's saying, like, I want you to see, I want you to experience, I want you to have that kind of life. And then he says, he will do even greater things than these, talking about God in us, because I'm going to the Father. Basically what Jesus said is he said, man, I'm going to do some incredible things through you. You're, you've seen what I've done on earth. If you read through your Bible, if you look through there a little bit, you hear some of the stories. Maybe you watch some videos that Hollywood put together. Jesus did some pretty miraculous things. And he said, like, you're going to do those kind of things. Like, you're going to experience those kind of things. But because Jesus overcame the world, not only are you going to do those things, but you're going to experience even greater things than those. 
And that right there gives me a lot of hope for this year because a lot of us come into 2014 with some expectations. We think our life's gonna look a little bit differently in our finances. We think that this is gonna be the year that we're finally going to get debt-free, that we're not gonna have this noose around our neck every single month wondering like, when is it gonna just choke us out? But this is the year that that thing's gonna be loosened up and I'm gonna be free from the gauntlet of financial burdens and I'm gonna experience the best life that I've ever had in my finances. For others of you, maybe you're a single that's out there and you're like, this is the year I'm expecting to run into that cute uh, someone of the opposite sex. <laughs> I'm watching my words here today. I got in trouble last week for saying stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you're expecting that. And like, God is like, not only are you expecting that, but I'm going to blow your mind with that hottie that's coming your way, you know. Or maybe for you, it's going to be a totes my goats. I still haven't figured out what that is, but if you've been watching Verizon commercials, you understand what I'm talking about. So, Totes, my goats. Anyways, um, this is going to be the year that not only are you going to get that thing, but like I believe that God's going to go way above and beyond what you could even expect. So you are, you are looking for that. Guys, you are looking for that really cute girl. Not only is she going to be really cute, but she's going to have a great personality too. Like it's going to be awesome. And, and girls, you're looking for that really hot guy. Like, like he's going to have the ability to hold a conversation. Like God's just going to go above and beyond your expectation this year. For others of you, it's maybe some, it's some career paths. You've been wanting to see that transition. Maybe it's starting that business, and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is the year. And this is going to be the year that not only you're going to start that business, but you're going to start to see it flourish. I believe that God is going to do some great things, and there's going to be some miraculous things that take place in our lives. That those things are going to happen. But I also know at the same point that a lot of us are walking into this year, and we're in need desperately of some miracles in our lives. There's some of you that your relationships are on the rocks right now, and you're wondering, I don't know how we're going to make it another week. I mean, all we do is we have conflict, and you're believing God, like, this year, like, this is going to be the year that the miracle is going to happen. Some of you, it's your finances. Some of you, it's, it's some tension that's in some relationships, and you're like, man, I don't know if these things are ever going to be solved. And I believe that God wants to do the unexpected in those things. But I also know that when you're believing for those things, and you're longing for those things, and you're, you're waiting on those things, that waiting period can be pretty frustrating Frustrating in life, can it? I hate waiting for things. It just frustrates me. Nothing is more frustrating than getting ready, and I'm a guy, so I get ready pretty quick. Like, it doesn't take me long. I iron my shirt. I iron my jeans. You know, I'm one of those guys, like, metrosexual. Yes, I love it. I might even iron my socks. I don't care. Like, I'm an ironing freak, but it doesn't take me very long, and so I can get ready really quick. I don't have hair. I don't have to do it. It's awesome. Um, and, and what happens is, and most guys can relate to this, is, is you get ready really quick. And so, like, you're on a time frame to get places, right? Like, if you're five minutes early, you're late. That's how I roll in life. And so, like, I love promptness. I like getting places early. And so, I'm not good at waiting. Well, I'm married. And women take well, that wasn't funny. I like it. I, I know it. It's unbelievable that somebody would marry me, but they did, okay? And she's she's amazing, but I, I'm married, okay? And uh, and like my wife like doesn't necessarily have the same kind of time constraints in life that I do. She doesn't necessarily that isn't as important to her. And so and uh, and so like it can be a little bit longer. And I'll go out to the car and and I'll be waiting patiently, honking my horn every minute, you know? And like I'm like, when is she gonna come out? Like, I'm not good at that waiting game. 
Like, I'm like, why is this taking so long? I mean, is like the curling iron or the straightening iron, is that not working? Or like, was it, was it like, is this today like a fat day or something and none of the jeans fit? I don't know. Come on, husbands, you know you've heard that all the time. Like, it's a, like don't look at your spouse right now, but you can just nod your head, okay? Like, I'm like, why? What's happening? When is this going to take place? And I think the same thing happens with God. You know, like, when we're believing for that miracle, when we're waiting on that thing, when we're in expectation that, like, it's going to happen at any moment now. Like, she's going to come out and we're going to leave. Like, God's going to show up in that moment. And you're like, God, why, why aren't you on my time? God, why, why isn't this happening the way I thought it was going to happen? God, when is this going to take place? How is, not only when is this, but how is it? Because I like all the details like laid out. We're going to go here and there and here and there and that, there and this and that and this. And like we don't get all of that. And because we don't have all of that, it frustrates us. Because part of us knows that in our circumstances, in our dreams, in our situations, that God can do those things. Like, we believe God can, but at the same point, we, we struggle because we wonder if God will for us. And, and I don't know about you, but I ask myself all the time, like, like, how can I be so sure in my faith but yet so uncertain at the same time? Because I'm really good, like, if somebody comes up to me with something that's going on in their life, like, I have this belief system for other people that is unbelievable. You know, like, your life, you're going through hell with the water gun right now. I'm like, keep pumping that trigger. Keep pumping it. You'll get through. You know, like, like everything's going to be all right for somebody else's life. But when it comes to my life, it's a little bit more of a struggle. Like, there's not quite as much faith. Maybe, maybe you understand. It's, a, it's way easier for me to believe for somebody else than it is to actually believe for myself and maybe you find yourself in the same boat and I believe that today God wants to speak to us about that situation and maybe you're out there and it's been really easy to believe for some other people and but for your own circumstances man it's been a struggle and God is saying man expect the unexpected this year man I'm going to do some things and your faith they're going to blow your mind and we're going to be looking at a story out of Mark chapter 9 if you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there if you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship guide. All, all the scriptures are in there. If you don't have that, you can just take a look at the screen. And what's happening here is, is Jesus is walking up on his disciples. His disciples have been out praying for people, believing God to do the miraculous in people's lives. And what happens is, is some religious folks um, came up, rolled up into the situation, and, and they're starting some trouble. And so there's some arguments that are taking place. And this is where we see Jesus roll up in the conversation. Starting in, chap in chapter 9, verse 16, it says, what are you arguing with them about, Jesus asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of the speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. He has often thrown himself into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us. If you can, Jesus said. Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me 
overcome my unbelief. I love this, this little passage of scripture. Here's, here's a guy who's got a son, and, and I can't imagine being a father that has a, a child, that has an illness, that has some sort of thing that is totally hindering him from becoming the person that he could become. Like, I can't imagine he's being afflicted, and this, this father has probably gone to every doctor there is known to man. He's probably gone to any person who has any wisdom on that situation. He's probably exhausted all of his resources in trying to find the remedy for his son's problem. And he, he gets to this point where he brings his son to Jesus' disciples, and, and he asks, hey, can you pray for him? I, you've been hanging out with that dude, Jesus, and like they pray for him and nothing happens. You know, sometimes it kind of feels like our lives. We pray for something and nothing happens. And we're like, oh, snap, what's going to up now? And, and he's at this point, And Jesus is rolling in the situation. And he's saying, what's going on? And this guy's like, man, I don't know. But if you could do something and Jesus is like, if I could do something. Like Jesus gets some attitude up and in that mug. You know, like, like what's up? You trying me, bro? And, and, and like... And like the guy recognizes Jesus' attitude and, and it says that he exclaimed there, and that word is kradzo, and it's this, it means to like croak as a raven. It means to like scream aloud, and he screams out, man, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. And, and as I read that, I thought, man, this is so reflective of so many of us, myself included, that like, man, I do believe, but yet I got all this unbelief here. And so how do we balance out this idea that God can and that he will and the fact that I'm still doubting? And what are some of the things that help factor into me doubting that God will? In life, And so where does this doubt come from? Where does this thing kind of rear its ugly head in our lives and steal away the faith that we need to believe God for the miracle that we're expecting in our lives? And I think one of the areas that steals it is, is we end up believing like the people around us. We have a tendency to get around people and the people's attitudes that we are around, the people's beliefs that we are around affect us. They impact us. I mean, you know this in life. If you get around negative people and you're hanging out with negative people all the time, you know what you become typically is you start to become negative. You don't look at the, the, the glass as half full. You look at it as half empty because that's what everybody else's perspective is around you. And so what happens here is Jesus is responding to these people. And in verse 19, he says, oh, you unbelieving generation. Basically, he puts everybody into a category that's hanging out there. And he says, like, listen, the reason y'all are struggling with your faith is is because you naturally are all together and you've got the same belief system. And that same belief system is impacting you. And so who you surround yourself with is who you're going to be like. And he said, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And it's so easy for us to fall into the thinking of the people around us. It's so normal for us to start to adapt to the ways that they think. And so Jesus was getting frustrated because he's like, man, I'm tired of y'all stinking thinking. Like you need to start thinking differently. And this is so true. I, I, I can remember when I go overseas a lot, like I see just the church in a totally different realm. You know, when when I come to church in America, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to kind of throw everybody in the same boat, but um, here, like, people come to church and they're like, man, I would love for God to do something, but I don't really believe he can. And so what will happen is we'll do some awesome service and we'll say, hey, we're going to have some people that are available to pray for you, you know, and if you want to believe for something, man, go there. And, and nobody will go because they don't really believe that that can happen to them. Like, God can do something miraculous. 
Well, I'll never forget the first time I was overseas. I was traveling with my pastor, and, and I was kind of his errand boy for the mission trip. I was there to, like, go get him water or coffee or, like, I was his servant, basically. And um, we were in the Philippines. He's doing these big crusades, and he was speaking in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. And so we were a couple days into the crusades, and uh, his afternoon, like, in the morning, like, his voice was getting really, really strained. And so... He's like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to speak in the afternoon session. And so the pastor who was kind of overseeing it said, well, why don't you have TJ talk? And I'm 19 years old. I've never preached a message in my life at this point. Like, I'm just hanging out like my pastor asked me to go. And so I was going. Like, I've never done anything. And he's like, hey, why don't you preach the afternoon session? And I'm like, okay, I'll make something up, you know. And, uh, and I roll in, and I'll never forget I preached out of Acts chapter 4. It's the first message I ever did in my entire life. And it talks about Peter and John were on their way to the temple called Beautiful. And there was a guy begging at the, at the temple, and he was begging for money. And then he says, and, and he asked Peter and John for money. And, and they said, we don't, money we don't have, but what we do have in the name of Jesus. And they reached out their hand, and they grabbed him, and they said, get up and walk. And, and like, I preached that, and at the end of it, I prayed, and I was walking off the stage. And the pastor who was, who was over the, the conference walked up and said, hey, TJ is going to stay up here and pray for people to be healed now. And I said, I am? And, uh, like... Like, that was just a good message. Like, I didn't really want to do anything afterwards because, like, I didn't have the belief for people to get, like, I just was trying to fill in for something. And, and, and so, like, you know, he's like, you just make your way up, and he'll just lay hands and pray for you. And I'm thinking, Lord, uh, send somebody easy to me. Send me, like, a headache. I'll give them some Advil and, like, some bottled water, and they'll be, like, 30 minutes, they'll be good. And I'll be, like, healed in Jesus' name, you know. And, uh, and so the first person up is, is this guy in a wheelchair, and I'm like, great. <laughs> and so like I, I pray for this guy and I'm like I'm, I'm mustering every like Christian ease word I can think of to sound like spiritual in that moment and like God just please do something and, and so I get done at the end of this prayer and this guy stands up he had been lame all of his life stands up and starts running around the church and like I'm like holy crap what the heck just happened you know because like I didn't, I didn't have the faith for it but this guy had the faith to believe that that God would heal him. And all of a sudden, there's like all these people are coming out to get, be prayed for and stuff. But it was like, because of his faith, all of a sudden, every other person, man, like miracles were taking place all over the place. Because they had this expectation on God, not this doubt. Like I was the one that was rolling in there with the doubt. And so many times, that's what we do. We, we allow the faith of others around us to, to dictate our faith. Another reason we doubt, and I think that this comes down to some some bad theology is we believe that God is fickle with us. We just believe that God is fickle, that he's He's kind of erratic in his behavior. Like some days he's like really keen to listening to your prayers. And then like other days, like he shuts you down. Like, oh, you're not getting any today. You know, like you've been bad. And so like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to listen to you. And so we think that God has this, this tendency that, man, some days he likes me. Some days he doesn't. He likes these people better than he likes me. And that isn't necessarily the case at all. We think that we've got to somehow figure out God. But God, let me just tell you something. You are God's favorite. Like, you are God's favorite. There is nobody else that he loves more than he loves you. But so many of us think, well, God doesn't love me because of how I messed up, or God doesn't do this because of what's happening. And we think that, he, like, he changes his mind about us all the time, and that is not the case at all. And this dad, he had somehow, for some reason, in some way, lost his hope 
in God in this moment. He knew that God could do it. He just wasn't sure that God would do it. And maybe that's you here today. You think, you look around and you see God doing miraculous things in other people's lives. And you say, man, that's awesome for them. But God would, would never do that for me. And we have this perspective of God that he's only going to do for a select few. That he only, his promises are for everyone else, but they're not for me. And we miss out on some unbelievable things. That's why the dad responded to Jesus in such a kind of sarcastic you know, just like, I'm not really sure. I don't really know what's up. He, he probably had some, some attitude about himself when he said, man, this, this spirit has often thrown him into the water to kill him and into the fire. But if you can do anything, like, listen, if you could do something in life, if you would take some pity on us, because that's our perspective, like, maybe God would have pity on me. Maybe God would have some compassion today. And Jesus is just like, really? That's what you think of me, and that's what you think of our Father? Like, you're missing the heart, man, because if you just believe God will do something incredible. But a lot of us get frustrated. We have frustration in our lives because we don't think God's going to do it the way and how we think it should. In fact, David had the same kind of frustration. He said in Psalms 10:1, why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? We feel like God does that. And when God is in that situation, what do we do? We play let's make a deal. God, if you intervene in my situation, I will come over here and I will read my Bible for the next year. Or if you would help me out of this place, then I will do this for you. And like we think we can barter with God. Like what we have is so valuable that he wants. Like, really, it's like, listen, like, I have a 1982 Pinto. Listen, if, if you're nice to me, I'll let you drive it. Like, like, that's what, like, that's what we think. Like, God, okay, like, I'll do something good, and you take care of my Pinto. You know, like, like, God is, and we think we can trade, and we think we can barter, and, and we think that God is so far off. And the truth is, is God is never far off. God is always right there, just waiting for us to respond to him. And the problem is, is when we run into trouble, what happens is, is we get so focused on the trouble or on the difficulties or on the hard times, and we get so close to them that that is all we can see. We cannot see beyond the thing that is right in front of us. And so therefore we have horrible perspective of how God is trying to intervene in our situation. And we think, man, God, where are you? And God is right on the other side. And if we would just take a step back and look past what we're seeing naturally, what we would see spiritually is that God is up and in the midst of that, doing something big and doing something awesome. But a lot of us continue to doubt. And, and partly why we doubt is because we believe, sort of. We have this kind of sort of kind of faith where the guy's dad exclaimed like, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. We have this idea that we doubt and we believe at the same time. And when you doubt and believe at the same time, it's like this emotional roller coaster in life because like how do you doubt and believe at the same time? Like that's kind of schizophrenic. 
like multiple personalities. Like one minute you're like, bless the Lord, I trust him. And the next minute, like, I'm going to hell, you know. And it's like, like which, which guy are you? And James, Jesus' brother, talks about this mentality. And he says in James 1, 6 and 8, he says, but when he asked, talking about us, when we talk to God, he says, we must believe and not doubt. It means that we can't have this sort of kind of faith, that we got to have real faith, true faith. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And we know that if, we, if we're double-minded and we keep going back and forth, man, we are unstable. We're unstable emotionally. We're unstable physically. We're unstable spiritually. And therefore, man, it's really, really hard to stand firm on something when your world is rocking like crazy. And so what happens is, is we either believe God can do this or we're kind of just playing church. And so when we have this sort of kind of faith, it's, it's like we're kind of like we're tiptoeing in the water, then we're backing back out. Like, oh, I'm just not sure about what this is all about. And, but what we need to do is we need to believe God, not just for the outcome, but no matter what the circumstances dictate. And that is so hard because real faith in life doesn't hinge on the outcome. Real faith in life hinges on the character and the presence and the promises of God. It doesn't hinge on what happens externally. It hinges on what you believe internally. And so many of us, our faith is dependent on our circumstances rather than dependent on the character and the nature of our God. And that's why we're having so many troubles believing that we can expect the unexpected because all we're believing is what we can see in our life. And it's really hard to see something that you've never experienced before. And it's really hard to believe for something you've never experienced before because you're relying on yourself and what you can fathom rather than trusting in the character and the nature of our Heavenly Father. And this is what I know about our God. Our God is good. And He's awesome. And He's faithful. And His promises are true. And I know them to be true in my life. A couple of years ago, I was on a missions trip to Honduras, and, and I was on this trip, and on my way back, I got extremely, extremely ill. And it's never good to get sick in foreign countries, uh, especially kind of second and third world countries. Not the best hospital care. I came home, thought, man, I'm just running a fever. I'll, I'll be fine. A couple days later, man, I'm, my body is, is going into shock. Uh, I can't get warm. Um, I'm running a 105-degree temperature where my wife's kind of freaking out. I'm, I'm, I'm shivering so bad at night because my body can't warm up and it's, it's like starting to shut down that our bed felt like a vibrator at like a cheap motel bed. You know, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know how else to describe that. It's like crazy. And, uh, and, and so like that's going on. Like she's like, man, you need to go to the doctor in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Like the next morning I wake up, I'm feeling horrible. I call up my mom. I can't drive. I can barely walk, and, and I'm like, can you take me to a walk-in clinic? I roll into the first walk-in clinic. They're like, you are out of the country. No way we're treating you. Uh, go to another one. Go to another one. Finally, they say, like, you have to go straight to the emergency room. I go to the emergency room. Um, they, they start looking at my vital signs and my symptoms, and they take me right to the back. They quarantine me. Um, they're freaking out because they can't figure out what's wrong with me. Uh, I, I'm in so much pain that when they gave me... Um, um, I, I want to say uh, an epidural, but I know that's not it. It's a, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they didn't give me one of those. Uh, <laughs> spinal tap. When they gave me a spinal tap, like, I didn't even feel them sticking, like, this 8-inch needle in the middle of my back uh, because the pain was so great. And they started calling in all these infectious disease doctors. 
and, and, and basically uh, they started calling in my family because they didn't know what was going to happen. Like they, they, were, they were freaking out because they couldn't, they couldn't figure out what was wrong, what had happened, and, and why I was going through this, what, what I had acquired overseas. And so, um, man, it was bad. And, and people just started praying. We started believing that God was going to show up and do the miraculous. We believe that God is a healer. He healed in Jesus' time. He can heal in today's time. And we started trusting God, and people were praying and gathering. And like two days later, uh, I was completely fine. Um, the, the doctors, when they were releasing me, they basically said uh, I had a fever. That's all they could come up with uh, because God miraculously healed my life. And... Uh, and it would have been really easy in that situation to look and go like, well, I don't know if God can do this, but no. Like, I believe the nature and the character of God, and God takes care of his kids. But I also know that a couple of years later, we got news that we couldn't have kids. And, uh, and when we got that news, we had a choice in that moment. Do we still trust in the character and nature of God? Or do we just, we just get tossed by the emotions? And I remember walking out of a doctor's office, talking to this doctor named Dr. Tim, who I hate his guts, not really, but I'm praying for him still because he doesn't have very good bedside manner. And uh, Jesus is dealing with my heart still, okay? And, um, and I remember walking out, getting the worst news of Shayla and I's life and getting in our car and having a choice to make. Are we going to allow the circumstances to dictate our emotions here? Or are we going to trust in the goodness of our God that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the results are, that he is still good, he is still great, and that we're going to trust him no matter what. And I remember we put on a worship CD and we bawled our eyes out driving all the way home an hour later, uh, trusting God in a thing that still has not come to fruition. And this is what I know about all of us, is that my faith and your faith cannot be dependent on outcome. Our faith and our trust has got to be dependent on the character and the nature of our God. And if we're going to truly have real faith, we can't be this sort of wishy-washy faith. Man, we've got to trust in him no matter what because of who he is and what he says he'll do. No matter if he's doing it in our circumstances in this moment or if he's going to do it later on in our circumstances. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at and, and talk about how do we have real faith going into this year? How do we have the faith to expect the unexpected? How do we have the faith to believe that God is going to do something that he's never done in our lives that we've been believing for but yet has not happened that we have wanted to see but have yet to see how do we see that really come to fruition in our lives and I believe it really begins with understanding what faith is and that comes out of Hebrews chapter 11 starting in verse 1 it says now faith is being sure of what we hope for is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see faith is this sureness and it's this certainness in circumstances. And, and really what it is is it's this attitude that we take. Faith is this attitude where we have this confidence and we have this trust that no, no matter what's happening in life, no matter what we see, that God is going to show up and do the thing that he said he's going to do. It's having the attitude that no matter what, God's in control. No matter what, God's going to be faithful to what he promised. No matter what. And so in this story, I believe that Jesus teaches us really three important things that we have got to realize and that we have got to walk out in our lives. If we're going to walk out this sure faith, not this kind of sort of faith, but this sure faith. And the first one is this, is that we have got to understand that our authority comes through his name. His name meaning Jesus. In Mark 9, 25 through 27, it says, When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, 
He rebuked the evil spirit. He said, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Right here, Jesus, in this moment, there's this evil spirit that's tormenting this kid, and he takes authority in his own name. He says, I command you. I command you to come out in that moment. And what Jesus is teaching us right here is a principle of spiritual warfare for our lives. He's teaching us something that's so vital and so important, especially going into a new year where there's new seasons, there's new demons, you know, there's new problems, there's bigger things on the horizon. And he's saying, listen, principalities, those battles that you're facing, that financial thing that you're going through, those um, relational problems that you're having right now, there is authority that's out there. And there's things that are seen, which are the circumstances, and then there's things that are unseen, which are the principalities behind those. We got like a spiritual realm here on this earth as well as the physical realm. Like I'm going spiritual on y'all right now, okay? We are in church. So there's like a spiritual element, and there's things that are, are dictating things, and he's saying, listen, there's an authority that's out there that's greater than those spiritual things, and that authority is Jesus. And if we'll understand the authority that Jesus has and that he's given to us, then we'll be able to have dominion over those things. We'll have power over those things. And those things won't have power over us anymore. And so what we need to do is we need to familiarize ourselves with who our God is. Because a lot of us, we don't have a clue. We just think, oh, what's the answer? Who is God? Jesus, you know. Like, that's part of it, but do you know the nature of our God? Do you understand who he is? Do you understand that you might be facing a financial situation right now? The Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh. That's a name of God, that he is our provider. That means that God wants to provide in your circumstances. He wants to get in your situation and do something supernatural, but you've never taken that authority because you've never even understood that you have it. Do you know that he's Jehovah Nisi, that he's our banner of victory over us, that battle that you're facing right now in life, that you're struggling with? He wants to come in and be that banner of victory in your life. And you need to start to understand that he's given you power in that name. Do you know that he's Jehovah Shalom, that he is peace? You might be going through a circumstance right now where you're all a reconciled and you're emotionally tormenting. And he's saying, listen, I'm the peace that surpasses all understanding. You just got to take that authority right now. And some of you guys, you've been going through life and you've been trying to remedy your circumstances based on your name. Through your power. And you're wondering, why am I not overcoming? Because you're not powerful enough. Hello. If you were, you wouldn't have ever needed Jesus. And so today we need to understand that it's not our authority that we have that, but it's by his authority that he gives to us. That we can take dominion over those things. The second thing is, is our confidence comes through relationships. See, because in this circumstance, the disciples prayed for this child. The disciples prayed for this young man, and like nothing happened. Feels sometimes like my prayer life. Like I pray for things, and nothing happens in, in certain circumstances. Anybody else can relate? Like, like why didn't that happen? Because it comes through relationship. Jesus said in verse twenty nine. He said he replied, "This kind, meaning this circumstance, this." Uh, this principality that you're facing, this, this adversary that's happening in your life, he said, only comes out by prayer. Other versions say through prayer and fasting. And basically what it's saying is the more time you spend with God in prayer, the more confidence you're going to have in who God is because you're going to know God better. See, the reason we pray isn't to like check off a box on like, hey, we did the daily routine. The reason we pray is to get to know who our creator is. So we can discover the relationship 
that he wants us to have so that we can understand his nature and his character and his goodness and his love and his adoration and what he wants to do in our lives. And what happens is when we start praying, we start realizing and recognizing those things, all of a sudden prayer starts to rearrange all of those problems in our lives to where they're not really problems, they're just things that God is helping you overcome. But a lot of us, we're allowing our life to arrange our prayers rather than allowing our prayers to arrange our life. And we need to start to go there and we need to start going after God and we need to immerse ourselves in who he is. One of the major things to get to know him is by reading God's word, immersing ourselves in his word. The reason we should do that is because this is things that he's already written and said for us and for our circumstances. If you want to know something about somebody and they've already told you a whole bunch of things about it, just go back and review it. And that's basically what he has here in his word so that we could go back and we could review it. And part of doing that is that faith is built in our life. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know how you hear the word of God? You start reading it to yourself. You start finding what it says about your circumstances and your situation. And you start believing that thing. Because real faith doesn't come from the latest CD. Real faith doesn't come from the latest minister. It doesn't come from that Stephen Furtick podcast or, or Joel Osteen TV message or TJ mess up on a Sunday morning. It doesn't come by that. Like real faith comes through God's word, comes through prayer, it comes through an intimate relationship with Jesus. You know, it's why we encourage people to to take those devotionals we give you. And in there, there's a Bible reading plan. Read that Bible reading plan. Grow yourself. And people say all the time, well, I don't, I don't understand what the Bible's saying. Listen, you read it every year? Like, I don't understand a lot of what I read, but you know what? The next time I read it, I understand it a little bit more. The problem in society today is we want everything cookie cutter quick. Like, we want fast food, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you know, kind of mentality of, church where we want it instantaneously and that isn't the best things in life don't come easy they come hard the harder things are the more we appreciate it and the more we value it like courting my wife was not easy like I had to work really hard to get her to like me like she's hot I'm ugly like I had to go above and beyond some of you guys can relate you know what I'm talking about like you know like it took a lot of work it took a lot of gifts. It took a lot of time and effort. It took a lot of communication. It was a lot of effort to build that. But what it does is like, man, I have the best relationship in the world right now because of the work that I put in and the work that I'll continue to put in because it'll never be perfect. And that's why you have to continue to work. It's not like, hey, I read that, now I'm good. It's like, man, we got to continue to keep seeking and hungering after the things of God. And the third thing there is we got to recognize that our power comes through the cross. And Jesus ends this teaching in kind of a weird manner. I, I, like, it kind of blew my mind the first time I read it. I was like, what is, like, he just totally shifted focuses. And he said to them in verse 31, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him after three days. He will rise. Like, he's talking about all this stuff, and he's, like, saying, hey, you know, this comes out of prayer and fasting, that it's, like, shift focuses to something, that like, you're not even going to comprehend. Listen, some people are going to kill me, and then you're going to understand it. Like, what? You know, like, like that was an ADD moment on Jesus' part. But I think it's really, really significant, because what he was saying is he was saying, listen, the power of the cross 
is the thing that we've got to focus on because the power of the cross is the final blow to any circumstances that we're facing. Because it was at the cross that Jesus defeated death, he defeated sin, he defeated the enemy, and what he did is he came back so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. And what he's saying right there is he's saying, listen, I know you don't understand it and I know you don't comprehend it in this moment, but the cross is the significant moment here because the cross is where I solidify that you can do anything in my name because my name has overcome everything. And some of you all today, man, you gotta understand that it's, it's all about the cross. It's all about the cross. That's why in Colossians 2.15, Paul says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, meaning all those things that we're facing right now that are the obstacles of us having the unexpected in our lives. He said he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Reminds me of this story of this little boy that had gotten a bike and he was out riding in his neighborhood and playing and riding around and just trying to discover new places and different areas of his community. And and he was out for a couple hours riding around. And before he knew it, he he started looking around and started riding around on his bike and he couldn't figure out where in the world he was. Like he had been gone for so long and he had traveled down so many streets and he had gone down so many shortcuts that he couldn't trace his way back. And because he was a younger kid, he got to this point where he was in this spot of total frustration and just like desperate. And he pulled over on the side of the road and got off of his bike and just started crying. Because he was so lost and he couldn't find his way home. And a man happened to be driving down the street and saw this little boy crying next to the side of the road and pulled over and said, son, is, is something wrong? Did you fall and you get hurt? And little boy's like, no, I I didn't fall and get hurt. I'm just lost. I'm lost, and I don't know how to get home. And and the man was like, well, well, tell me your address, and and, and I'll take you home. And the little boy's like, I I don't know. My house is yellow. And the guy looks around. There's yellow houses all over the place. He's like, that's probably not going to help very much. And he's like, well, well, what, what's your mom and dad's name? What, what's their name? And maybe if I know their name, I can look it up in the phone book or something and we can find your, your home. And, and he goes, mom and dad? I, you know, and he's like, that's probably not gonna be very helpful either. And he's like, do you remember their phone number? And uh, the little boy's like, I, 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 I don't know. And, and, and this man is, is, is so feeling for this child because he's lost and he doesn't know how to get home. And, and he's like, do you, do you remember anything about your street? Is there, is there anything that I can help you find that would help you get home? And the, and the little boy thought for a moment, and in the midst of his tears, he said, you know what? There's a church that's by my house, and at the top of this church is this big cross. And if you can get me to the cross, I can find my way home. For some of you today, The reason that you're struggling with kind of sort of faith or the faith that is moved by the people around you it's because you don't recognize and realize that everything begins in life and ends in life at the cross. 
We think that it's just some act in the story of Jesus, but it is the most critical element because it is the place where we overcome. It's the place where we find life because it says that the death could not hold him down. And the thing that you're going through today, listen, it can't hold you down. The same spirit that lived in Jesus Christ, if you are somebody that knows Jesus, lives inside of you. And that spirit is the spirit of an overcomer. And God is ready to take you from a place of defeat to a place of triumph today. But it goes back to us going back to the cross and recognizing who he is and what he did and the authority that he's given to us by his death and resurrection. And maybe you need to experience that here today. Maybe you've heard a little bit about church. Maybe you've been hanging out around church for a little bit. You've kind of been tiptoeing in and backing back out and it's, you're kind of playing, playing Christianity. Today is the day that you need to dive full in and begin not just messing around with religion, but beginning a relationship with Jesus because that's what this is all about. It's not about learning some scriptures or saying a prayer. It's about knowing your creator who wanted to know you so bad that he would give up everything to have the chance. That's pretty significant. And today I believe that God is going to do something transformational in your life. Let's pray. God, I just come before you. And I thank you that today is a new day, that 2014 is a new year. God, I believe that there's some people that are out there that are struggling with some halfway faith, that are believing God, kind of, sort of, for some things, but haven't fully committed to going all out and trusting in the promises and the nature and the character of God. And I believe that today is going to be a day of declaration where they say, you know what, I'm not going to doubt anymore. I'm not going to kind of sort of anymore, but I'm going to go full on out for Jesus today and trust him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you out there today. You're saying, man, I've had that kind of sort of, but today I'm going to make a declaration that I'm going to trust fully and completely in my Savior. And I'm not going to be tossed back and forth, but I'm going to, I'm going to put my faith there. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Thank you, thank you. Hands all over the place. Awesome. Anybody else? Thank you. Just one other group of people I want to pray for here today. Maybe you're here and you've been hanging out around church. Maybe this church, maybe other churches. And you never recognized and you never realized that Jesus gave his life so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And you've been dealing with things in your life and you've been trying to overcome them on your own and you've been the Lord of your life. And maybe today you recognize that that isn't working and that, man, there's this God that loves you unbelievably and unconditionally maybe today is the day that you need to say I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want him to forgive me of my sin. To forgive me of my shame and my pain. 
and begin a relationship with him here today. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I see you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, God, thank you for sending your son 2,000 years ago to die on a cross for my sin, for my screw-ups, for my mistakes. God, today I give you my heart. I ask you to come and to become the Lord and Savior. God, I just pray right now that you would fill them with your peace, with your joy, with your love. You do something supernatural in their lives here today. God, I pray for the people that raised their hands and said, man, I'm making a commitment. God, today we, we make a declaration that we're not going to live halfway faith, but God, we're going to be full on trusting fully and completely in you, God. We make this our declaration that you are the great I am in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.